This is the Jail Ministry Podcast. The J-A-I-L, or Jesus Acts and Inmates Lives Ministry, is Christ-centered and provides programs focused on the prevention and intervention for the incarcerated. Jail Ministry also provides support to offenders, criminal justice professionals, victims, and their families. Thank you for your continued financial assistance. For more information, visit jailmen.org. Now, here's today's lesson. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another session of Jail Ministry. I'm so excited that you chose to join us. I pray that you have your Bibles with you and something to write with and something to write on because I'm going to give you some scriptures that I do want you to go back and read over. Uh, make some time to read the whole chapter in its entirety and it would put things completely in perspective for you because one thing about the Word of God, it is a living Bible. Uh, the words there are spirit and they are life and reading the scriptures should give you life should get you motivated to do something uh, for the Lord and and to work out your salvation with him because he loves us so and I will tell you that it is a work but it is so worth doing so again I'm glad that you join us and we've been getting letters uh, thank you for those two keep them coming and we will continue to pray for you and uh, that the Joe ministry will continue to be a success in your life so without further ado just join me in a word of prayer let's just talk to the Lord dear Heavenly Father we love you Jesus and Lord, we thank you so very much, Jesus, that we are here today to experience your love, Jesus. And whatever we go through in this day, Lord, we know that all things work together for the good, for those that love God and that are called according to his purpose. And Lord, a lot of times, even the bad things that we go through, they're working together with the good, for our good, Jesus. And Lord, even when it doesn't feel like you're working, or we can't see that you're working, or we may not altogether know that you're working, you are still working, because you are an active spirit, and Jesus, you loves us, and you're rooting for us, you're pulling for us that our lives will be successful on this earth. And when we leave this earth, Jesus, that heaven will be our home, that we can look up on your face in peace. Lord, I pray that if any that are out there that are going through through any trials in their life, any issues, concerns, or things they just cannot get closure on, Lord, I pray that you'll, the perfect will of God concerning them in Christ Jesus, that it be done. And Lord, I know that you will work all things out according to your will. And Lord, if there's any that have not received you, I pray before this message is over that they would have received the Lord Jesus Christ as a personal Savior. Lord, we thank you. Bless your word today, Jesus. Lord, your word is already anointed, Lord. Bless the words that are coming out of my mouth, that they will be received with gladness. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, I want to talk to you today a little bit about God himself. And there is a particular place in the Bible that we're going to go to. A little place called Mars Hill. Maybe you heard about it, maybe you haven't. Well, Paul took a little journey there to talk to the people at Mars Hill. And when he got there, they, were, they had so many statues set up uh, for every god that they could think of. And as we know, the Bible tells us there are gods many and lords many. But there's only one Savior, and his name is Jesus Christ. There's only one begotten Son of God, and that is Jesus. But however, when Paul was there, he found so many gods. And you say, well, what are some of the other gods? 
whatever you put above the Lord Jesus Christ that can become a God to you whether it's a person whether it's a thing whether it's TV whether it's a phone whether it's things that you like to do they can become gods to you and completely disconnect you from the true and living God which is Jesus Christ so I want to talk to you today about the unknown God you said, well, Miss Millie, in this day and time, surely everybody have heard of him. Well, that very well may be true um, or not. But I would tell you, there are a lot of people that have a secondhand knowledge of God. The preacher told them who Jesus was. Maybe a parent told them. But a personal God in your life, you need to know who he is. And he wants us all to know who he is. I mean, he, he don't want to be invisible or unknown to us. He wants us to know exactly who he is to us. There's a scripture in the Bible when Jesus was talking to the disciples. And he asked them. Who do men say that I am? And they begin to tell him a prophet or John the Baptist or this or that. But he said, what I really want to know is who do you say that I am? And I'll ask you the very question. Who do you say that Jesus is to you? Is he an unknown God in your life? Do you know of him or do you know him? And it's important that we do. So let's go to the book of Acts. And this was after, right on the other side of the gospel. So we know the gospel is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So in the book of Acts, this is after Jesus had died on the cross and told that thief that today you'll be with me in paradise. And he came back. He was resurrected. And he came back. He was talking to the disciples. And he they received him. They went in the upper room on the day of Pentecost and they received him. And you know, it's important to, to have an indwelling God. See, he wants to live in us. You know, a lot of times you feel them little, like little goosebumps on your arm. Well, you may feel the spirit of God outside, but it wants to live in you and walk with you. And as you grow in your Christianity, God will grow in you and you will no longer be a little babe, but you'll be a mature Christian in Christ Jesus. So Acts the 17 chapter, and let's talk about this unknown God. Let's reveal him. Uh, 17 chapter and we'll start at the 21st verse and we'll read but as I said when you get a chance go back and read all of this Acts the whole 17 chapter and we'll start at the 21st verse okay right over here so now this is Paul he was uh, in Athens so 21st verse says um, matter of fact let's go let's start at the 16th verse and then we'll go We'll skip around over there. 16 verse. So now when Paul waited for, he was waiting for Timothy and uh, one of the other disciples read it. And as he was waiting for them to get back to him in Athens, his spirit was stirred up in him. When he saw the city that was wholly given to idolatry. And we know there's so many idols. We know that a lot of the stars, the movie stars and, and all the rappers and all that, you can make them an idol. You can really give them more homage than you do the Lord. But Paul noticed that the whole city, they were so superstitious. And taken to idolatry. Therefore, he disputed in the synagogue with the Jews and the devout people, persons in the market daily with them that met with him. And now listen at this. And, um, let's go over here to the 21st verse. Let's start right there for the sake of time. But you go back and read the whole thing. For 
all the, the Athenians that were in Athens and strangers which were there spent their time, listen at this, and nothing else but either to tell or to hear something new. Everybody wants to know what is the new thing. You know, what's the new fad? You know, what's the new language? What's the new slang? Uh, oh, what's new? But I would tell you that Jesus Christ, he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, and I understand there's a hunger in people and that hunger chances are is reaching out for the Lord Jesus Christ but it can be filled with a whole lot of other stuff and these people they, they you know you know the Romans they were they were real artsy and they were you know the great philosophy and all this uh, things that they just wanted to keep up with what was going on so Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill which is what we're talking about and he said you men of Athens I perceive in all things that you are too superstitious for as I passed by and held your devotions, I found an altar with an inscription to the unknown God. And they also had little other devotions to other gods too. I guess they didn't want to offend any God. But I tell you, you serve the Lord Jesus Christ, chances are you're going to offend some other things and other people. But I'd rather obey God than man. When therefore you ignorantly worship him, him I declare unto you. The God that made the world and all things therein, seeing that he is Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands, neither is worship with men's hands, as though he need anything, seeing he giveth to all life and breath and all things, and hath made of one blood all nations of men for to dwell on the face of the earth and have determined the times before appointed and the bounds of their habitation that they should seek the Lord if happily they might feel after him and find him though he be not far from one of us in him we live we move and we have our being as certain also your own poets have said we're his offspring and we are for as much then as we are the offspring of God we ought not to think of the Godhead as unto gold or silver those are gold crosses around people's neck that is not God I don't know if they consider it a reputation but it's not a true reputation of Jesus Christ because he is not on a cross anymore he resurrected he came down and the times of this ignorant God winked at but now command all men to repent so when Paul came in the midst when he saw all of this and if you know the times that we're living in right now and today the whole world is like given to idolatry people believe the craziest of the crazy people they're so disconnected from the Lord Jesus Christ it's like the love of God for many have grown cold um, in a time such as this uh, people are often looking for the newest thing the, the latest fad and, and I remember a time when we went to church and we just went to the altar and prayed but now there's so much entertainment in the church to captivate people's attention but we don't need entertainment to help us get to God uh, in Matthew it said you come come unto me all you that are labor and are heavy laden that you're you're working trying to work things out and they're just not coming together so you come to the Lord he said and, and I'll give you life and we know that Jesus Christ he's uh, the light of the world and that light is a life in us and if Christ be in us we are a new creature but we gotta have life in us and the life is the life of Jesus Christ and if we do not have the Spirit of God in us we are not his 
So Paul is telling these people that you don't want to offend the unknown God, but that's who I want to declare unto you, the unknown God, the God that you don't know personally. He's a personal savior. He wants to not just be known, but he wants you to know him and who he is to you. So I ask you, is he unknown to you? It's not enough just to go to church. It's not enough just to read our Bibles and we should read our Bibles and it's not enough to just pray and men should always pray. And when you come to the Lord Jesus Christ, you must must first believe that he is who he said he is. He said that he's the Lord God that healeth you. He is Jesus of Nazareth, which narrowed it down that there is only one Jesus of Nazareth. And he wants to be God of your life so you can address him as my God. Philippians 4.19 said, for my God shall supply all my need according to his riches and his glory. It has to be personal. And even though maybe our if your parents took you to church, that's a beautiful thing. But knowing the Lord through your parents or through your pastor, that's second hand. You've got to know him for God of your life. And Paul was telling them, he said that in Jesus, we move in Jesus, we breathe. And God himself in the beginning, when he created man in his image and his likeness, he breathed into Adam, the first man. And we know Jesus Christ is the second Adam because Adam, he walked in disobedience. And we know that his wife Eve, that she was beguiled. But the Lord said, I'm not going to stop there just because he messed up. The plan of salvation, it is still intact. It is still in place. And God breathed into Adam's nostrils the breath of life. So we have the breath of life on the inside of us. But it comes from God if we just acknowledge that we did not wake ourselves up this morning. It was the Lord Jesus Christ. And no matter what we think that we are in charge of, we really are not. God is not relinquished. His, his uh, authority to people that of this world unless they're the sons of God. And John 1 and 1, Jesus said, yeah, I came to my own people. They didn't want anything to do with me. Have maybe you gone to some of your people and, and told them maybe you have become a Christian or maybe you're living the life in front of them that you are a practicing Christian? And I'll tell you this. If you say that you are a Christian and you name them the name of Jesus and you're not practicing, you're not a Christian. <laughs> you cannot just be a hearer of this word. You've actually got to do it. You've actually got to live it. You actually got to receive the Lord Jesus Christ in your heart. Romans 10 and the ninth verse, it tells us even the eighth verse, it says, we don't have to go up to heaven to pull Jesus back down. We don't have to do that. We know he sit on the right hand of the Father, but we do know that he is everywhere. So we don't have to go to heaven to get it right where you are. If you believe in your heart that God raised Jesus from the dead and you confess with your mouth, then the Bible says that you are saved. Once you receive that salvation, you still must go on to know the Lord. You've got to know who he is 
And as you go on, he will expose himself to you let you know why you own this earth that you have a purpose you're just not here arbitrarily just to be here God does not do accidents he don't do incidents he knows how to connect the dots intricately and very correctly because he is in control of this whole world see in the beginning God created and we are his creation we're the creatures and here the creator and he wants us to get to know him for who he really is and he's not just somebody sitting in church on Sunday he's not just a man up there in the suit that is not him John tell us that God is a spirit and those that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth and Paul was telling the people of Mars Hill say in him we breathe because of Jesus you are breathing because of Jesus you are living no matter what you are going through good or bad favorable or non-favorable it is the Lord that are allowing you to experience and even you know life is not lollipops and sunshine we experience the good and we experience the bad. There's two sides to every coin. So the Lord allows us to experience things that are not pleasant. That we can appreciate the things that are pleasant. He allows us to go through the valley and the shadow of death. But what he said, he said, I will be with you. Not just with you, but my rod, my word, my staff. It will comfort you. You need comfort. Open the Bible and find out who God is. Find out why did he create this earth. He had a heavenly family. Family. Was that not good enough? Well, he wanted an earthly family. So here we are, and we turn ourselves over to the Lord. We go to him. We say, Lord, I surrender. Jesus, you got me. You got me in handcuffs. You got me, Lord. I'm your prisoner, Jesus. And he wants us to surrender our life. And as we surrender to him, and we begin to walk with him every day of our life, perfecting every moment, moment by moment, minute by minute, hour by hour, day by day, year by year, and we will find out that you will grow in the Lord and you will get closer to him and you will begin to understand the very purpose of your life while you are here. See, he's not an unknown God. And over in Revelation, um, and then it's another place too where it says that in Matthew, let's flip over there real quick, Matthew the 7th chapter, we're going to come back to Acts because there's so much here. Paul is telling the people, he said, I'm going to declare unto you that God that you call unknown because before that same God appeared to me on my way to kill people, on my way to slaughter families. I did it in ignorance because I really thought I was right. Sometimes our mind can be turned around backward and we can be operating in reverse, but Jesus said, I will repair the breach. The things that are breached in our lives, he come to repair them. So even Saul, before he became Paul, on his road to Damascus, the, a light shined and a light need to shine on us. We need to see the light for ourselves. The light bulb somewhere has to go off. We have to understand who he is and we reckon with him while we're on this earth because when we stand before him, we need to know him. We do not want to hear what he said. We're going to read it in Matthew 7. I never knew you. 
Well, Lord, I was out feeding the homeless. Yes, you were. You did a really good job. Well, Lord, I preached. You did an absolutely great job. You really got the message out there. But you never took the time to focus on you as an individual, as a Christian, as a person person that have surrendered their life to the Lord. There's so much more than just surface. Jesus is, is as deep as you want him to be. You can have as much God as you want. You just got to invest yourself. You got to invest your time. Invest your life. So we really do need to understand that he does not want to be unknown to us. He wants us to know him in every little thing that we do. Uh, before we get behind the wheel of a car, we pray. Because it's death on the highways. Uh, before we eat our food, we say, Lord, thank you for this food. <laughs> we thank him for all things. So Paul is bringing it to their understanding that don't live a superstitious life. You know, some people, they just, they're superstitious. They really are. Don't step on that crack. It's going to break your mama's back. Well, show me where that's written. That's not Bible. That's mama saying good old wives' tales. That won't help you at all. So let's go to Matthew, the seventh chapter. And we're going to skip around a little bit because we usually run out of time. But Matthew 7, look at this right here. 7 and let's see. Maybe let's start the um, 21st. Okay, no, let's start. All right, let's start right here about the uh, 17th verse. Even so, every good tree brings forth good fruit. But every corrupt tree brings forth evil fruit. So, if you say you're a Christian, you bring forth bad fruit, that corrupt stuff coming out of you, then you're a bad tree. Then you need to get yourself back before the Lord. You need to get yourself back in front of that mirror, back in front of that looking glass, and take another look at yourself. And you need to search it out and find out, are you living by this Bible? Because a good tree cannot bring forth bad fruit. You say, well, I'm a cursing Christian. Show me where it's written in this Bible. The Lord want to clean us up from the inside out. He want to clean our little potty mouths up. He want to clean our little minds up. All those little things that, that go through our minds is not God, whether it's evil or not. He wants us to be clean, have a pure heart before him. So when we stand before him, there would be nothing, nothing in our lives that would hinder us from entering through those gates. You know, there's gates in heaven. And even the Bible says gates of hell. There are gates in hell. That the gates of hell is not going to prevail against his word. So we find ourselves in the Bible, then we can correct some of our own flaws. So the 17th verse, even so, good tree bring forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bring forth evil fruit. A good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bring not forth good fruit, it's it going to be cut down and cast in the fire. So wherefore, you're going to know them by the fruits. So you don't have to tell people that you're a Christian, what you bear, what you display, what you demonstrate, they would tell you. So either this word is going to declare us or it's going to testify against us. So 22nd verse. Oh, 21st verse. Not everyone that said unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. And that is our goal, that we make it to heaven. Because one day we're going to leave this world. But he that do the will of my Father, which is in heaven. Jesus said that when you see me, you've seen the Father. He said, I always do what the Father tells me to do. Do we always do what the Lord tells us to do? Can we even hear his voice? Can you hear him when he knock at the door? 
if you can hear that knock and then you open up, then he'll come in and he'll sit down and sup with you and he'll break bread with you. And he's not going to talk to you about nobody else but you. <laughs> That's the beauty of the Lord. He wants us to deal with us that we can get to know him. It's very important. So 21st verse, not everyone the say unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that do the will of my father, which is in heaven, many will say unto me in that day, Lord, Lord, have I not prophesied in their, thy name, cast out devils in thy name, done many wonderful works, thy name. But look what Jesus is going to say. He said, then I'll profess unto them, I never knew you. So we've got to take the time to get to know the unknown God. And he's not unknown. He's just unknown to those in the lives that have eyes to see, but they cannot see. When Jesus was resurrected, he walked with the disciples and they didn't even realize that it was actually Jesus. They said, well, our hearts burned in us when he talked. We knew something was different about him. But then when he opened their eyes, they said, oh, that was Jesus all along. When he opened our eyes, we can see that those tight spots that we got out of, that that was Jesus all along. That he really is operating in your life. He's taking you from faith to faith. You believe him over here for this. When you get over here, you believe him for that. He's the same God. He does not change. He doesn't change. But we got to change. The change has to take place in us. We must be transformed. We must be renewed in the spirit of our minds. Because some people, their minds will tell them to do things that is contrary to this word. So we've got to be transformed. And he'll say, I never knew you. And not just say that. He said, I never knew you. So he knows about us. He knows who we are. But I never knew you personally. You never received me as your personal God. And he said, depart from me, ye that work iniquity. So therefore, whoever hear these sayings of mine and do them, I will liken him unto a wise man that built his house on a rock. So we have got to know who Jesus is. And as Paul, let's flip back over to Acts. As Paul began to expose who God was to the people, you would think they would have been excited, but they really got mad. <laughs> it was like, no, I've been in church for 20 years. I know the man. Well, just being in church for 20 years, that don't mean anything. And I read what somebody wrote that was like that. If you worried about dying, don't worry about it because we're going to live forever. But what you need to be worried about is a location, location, location. Where? So we get to know the Lord that seals our location, 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 because there are two destinations and they both are eternal. There's heaven. And we just read that when Jesus said, you're going to be one to come into his kingdom. He said, no, because I don't know you. We got to get to know him in everything we do. So, and back over in Acts. And listen, he said they don't even worship him. When you worship the Lord, do you know how to worship him? Is it truthful? Or are you just singing the song because the song is good? You just casting crowns. You just love their music or whoever. You just love their music. But that music won't cast no devil's out. That music won't heal your headache. It won't fix your problems in your life. But Jesus will. So let's don't just get caught up in music or just church. But let's get caught up in Jesus. You know, there's some people who never actually go into church. There are people that weigh in the sticks uh, over in the backside of Africa. We have missionaries go there often. That They'll never actually go in a church building. So the Lord meets you where you are. 
And uh, there's another scripture that I want to read too. But Paul is saying that he wants you. He, he don't want your sacrifice. You know, he don't want your money. Although he tells us that we give him a tenth and that's for that meat being the storehouse. But he wants you. He wants you to come. He don't want you to send your kids to church unless you're with them. Let's go over to um, Mark, the fifth chapter, because I know we're going to run out of time. I've got just a little bit. So listen to this right here. This is so important. And this is how we really get to know him. And I know it's so much deeper and so much more, but I want you to understand the baseline of it. And then you go search it out. You go dig it out. You go get in there and say, Lord, you know, if you haven't heard his voice, he'll speak to you through the word. Uh, you don't need to hear an audible voice. You hear my voice. So can you hear God speaking to you through my voice? He'll use your voice. So the fifth chapter of Mark, let's go to the 25th verse. And let's read this really quickly. See, there were so many examples in the Bible that people that they, they had to find. Moses, when he left Egypt, he left Egypt as a murderer. But when he got out in the desert... A burning bush got his attention. And the Lord know how to get our attention. A lot of times he let the bottom fall out of our world so we can look up and say, Jesus, I need you. And then if that don't work, he'll let the bottom fall out the bottom in hopes that we're saying, Lord, ain't nothing going right in my life. I need you. I need to know who you are. Lord, why am I going through all of this? Because he wants you to know him. There is a lady, the 25th verse to the 34th verse, and we're just going to read a little of it, but go back and read it. It was a woman. She'd been bleeding for 12 years went to all these doctors they did nothing for her and listen so look, look at the 27 verse what 27 said she heard that Jesus was coming through she didn't see him she heard that he was coming through if you can hear my voice this is the Lord walking through wherever you are walking through your lane walking down your street to get you off a of crooked street to get you to glory avenue this is Jesus talking to you and she said 27 verse, 28 verse. If I, she said within herself. See, it was personal because she got tired, sick and tired of being tired. And if you are, you say within yourself, if I, if I could but touch, I don't have to grab him and hug him. If I could just touch the hem of his garment. But you've got to make up your mind that you really want to do it. And there are many people that have not even touched the hem of his garment. You've got to touch it. Reach out. Reach out. So read that. Read John 14 and 6. He's the way, the truth, the light. And I know the time went by really quickly, but I hope you got what I'm saying that don't let God be unknown in your life. Don't live your whole life just being a good old church member, just being a good old church person. I pay my tithes. I go feed the homeless, blah, blah, blah. But let the Lord use you to be an instrument of righteousness. He's not an unknown God. Don't you let him be. God bless you. <laughs> Be blessed with this word. God is real. Thank you.